You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. The Hope of Israel is taken from a passage of scripture in the New Testament in the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 28. And here we find Paul the Apostle as a prisoner in Rome in around AD 62. And Paul is a prisoner in Rome because the Jews have caused him to be arrested in Jerusalem. And as we know, Jerusalem was under the control of the Roman Empire in those days. Hence, Paul became a prisoner of the Romans. Reading then from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 28 and verse 17. And it came to pass that after three days Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you, to see you, and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And here we see then Paul citing the reason for his imprisonment as being the hope of Israel, the title of our talk. Turning back a few pages in Acts then, we find Paul at an earlier stage of the judicial process that has ended up with him in Rome, and we find him in a place called Caesarea on the coast of modern-day Israel. And we read Paul's confession to the Roman governor at Caesarea whilst on trial there. And Paul says in Acts 24 and verse 12, And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogues, nor in the city, neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And here then we find Paul confessing to the Roman governor in Caesarea that his hope towards God is the hope of a resurrection of the dead. And so equating the two passages that we have seen in Acts chapter 28 and now in Acts chapter 24, we can conclude then that the hope of Israel is indeed the hope of a resurrection of the dead. Turning on a page in the Acts of the Apostles then, we find Paul moving through the Roman legal system to the next phase. And in chapter 25, we find the Roman governor Festus summarising Paul's confession as he hands Paul over to King Agrippa. And Festus summarises it in this way. Therefore, when they were come hither, without any delay on the morrow, I sat on the judgment seat, and commanded the man, Paul, to be brought forth, against whom, 
When the accusers stood up, they brought none accusation of such things as I supposed, but had certain questions against him of their own superstition, and of one Jesus which was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And so we see here then the real argument between Paul and the Jews. Paul had claimed that Jesus had been raised from the dead, and any casual reader of the New Testament would know that it was the Jews that had had Jesus crucified and put to death. So anyone who was claiming that Jesus had in fact raised from the dead would be someone that the Jews would want to silence. And it's interesting to note the phrase used by Festus there, a Roman governor, when talking about the resurrection, Festus uses the word superstition. So far in our talk then, we've considered a number of Bible passages, and we as Christadelphians trust the Bible implicitly, and we believe what it says. But we appreciate that not everyone may feel the same way about the Bible. And so in that context, it's interesting to read the words of a Roman senator, Tacitus, who was a historian writing in AD 116 about the events of the first century. And Tacitus wrote this in his Annals of Tacitus. Consequently, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations, called Christians by the populace. Christus, or Christ, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty, crucifixion, during the reign of Tiberius, at the hands of one of our procurators, Pontius Pilatus, and a most mischievous superstition, thus checked for the moment, again broke out not only in Judea, the first source of the evil, but even in Rome. And it's interesting, don't you think, that Tacitus, this Roman historian, writing only a short time after the events recorded in Acts, uses the same phrase, superstition, to describe the Christian religion. And it's an interesting study, although we haven't got time to do this during this talk, to just see the sheer volume of evidence that can be brought forward to support the Acts of the Apostles as a historical record. To summarise where we have got to so far then, we have found that Paul, who is perhaps the most famous Christian evangelist of the first century, has equated the Christian belief of a hope in the resurrection with an Old Testament belief, or as Paul describes it, the hope of Israel. And Paul, as well as being a famous Christian evangelist, was also a devout Jew. He describes himself as an adherent of the strictest sect of the Jewish religion earlier in the Acts of the Apostles. And so it's perhaps worth us looking at a few Old Testament passages which support this view. Firstly then, perhaps the most famous king of Israel, King David, and King David writing in Psalm 17 writes the following words, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness, I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. A clear demonstration and confession almost of King David's belief in the resurrection of the dead. Secondly, another famous 
character from Israel's background, Daniel, perhaps one of the most famous prophets of Israel, and Daniel in chapter 12 and verse 2 writes this, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. A clear confession again then of a hope in the resurrection of the dead. And finally then, another famous character from Old Testament times, Job. And Job writes in Job chapter 19 and verse 25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though, after my skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold. And we see then that Paul, in his confession in front of the Romans, and in his statement that the resurrection of the dead was indeed the hope of Israel, was correct. And there are many more passages that we could look at in the Old Testament to support this view. And the question we might ask ourselves then is this, what relevance does all this have for us today? And do we have a hope of the resurrection? We've seen, although very briefly, that the Bible is a book that can be relied upon to be historically accurate. And we've also seen that there is a consistent theme throughout the Old and the New Testament of there being a hope of the resurrection of the dead. It's worth us reminding ourselves of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus as it is recorded for us in Matthew 28. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. And we started our talk with the words of Paul in his defence in front of the Romans. And we find more words from Paul in his letter to the Romans in chapter 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptised into Jesus Christ were baptised into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so indeed, in the words of Paul, who we have considered throughout this talk, there is a relevance to us, and there is a hope of resurrection for us if we associate ourselves with the death of Jesus Christ by being baptised. Continuing on then in Paul's letter to the Romans and chapter 6, we read the following words. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. 
for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And what Paul is saying here in the sixth chapter of Romans is that there is a hope of the resurrection of the dead, and there is a hope of life after death. But there is something expected from us in return, and that is that we should cease being the servants of sin, but we should become the servants of God. And Paul likens this to receiving wages. The wages of sin is death. And in past lives, we may have all done things whereof we are now ashamed, and we may have all been servants of sin. But Paul is outlining that there is a gift of God, and that in order to obtain that gift of eternal life, we need to become servants of God and have our fruit unto holiness, and in the end, everlasting life. And in conclusion then, some more words from Paul in his 10th chapter of this epistle to the Romans. And it is indeed exquisitely simple what is being requested of us to have this hope of Israel, this hope of the resurrection from the dead. And Paul summarises it like this. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.